0: What's up, guys? It's Mitch with Respect My Region back with the RMR podcast. We're here with episode 12. I'm joined with a very special guest today, my guy Dre's. What's going on, man? What's going on, family? How you doing? I am living, man. I'm living up here, up here in Seattle, uh, dealing with the with the gray, man. I know you're down a little bit south, lamping in the sun.
1: <laughs> you know, the LA sunshine is nice, man. Um, uh, you know. 80 90 every other day man I can't complain
0: yeah yeah you're living man down there I mean the music right you got the industry down there you got the weather you got the weather that's inspired so much count you know countless music in so many genres man uh, you know what
1: what's crazy is when I moved down here it was uh it was like even when I was in Seattle I'm an artist so it's hard to work as an artist, right? So everybody I know is, like, working for the city or... You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They're working at some nonprofit job. And I'm not knocking that. Like, that's dope. But when an opportunity came to move down to L.A., because I knew my skill set. I'm like, yo, I could get money down there doing something I love. told my wife, because she had lost her job. We were in Seattle. She lost her job. And I was like, well, why are we here? You know what I'm saying? Like, can't we just... Let's go, because my money changes, you know what I mean, for what I right. love to do. And she was like, you know what, let's get it popping. So so um, how, how long have how long you been in L.A. now? Five years, man. Jeez. Yeah, that went real fast, five years. Um, but, I mean, I'm home every, you know what I mean? I'm in right. Seattle every other month, if not every month, something like that. I touch the town, so I do enough there, and I'm not going to stop.
0: Right, right. So a little bit, you know, Seattle's obviously where you where you cut your teeth, got your start, man. So where 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 does where does the story for for Dre's the musician, man? Where's where does that start
1: at? Oh, where does that start? Um, I think I'm probably about five years old, <laughs> to be honest. My mom and dad, my father was credited with bringing Zimbabwean music to America. So my father's from Zimbabwe. He travels to America. Interestingly enough, my mom and my dad didn't even know each other. Um, my, my, my dad comes to Zimbabwe first in the sixties. And then my mom, uh, she was working in a mail room in Zimbabwe and she was, you know, looking through the mail and she saw a letter from him. He was writing somebody back in Zimbabwe and she saw his address. She's like, Oh, he's in America. She knew of him. Right. So she writes him a letter and is like, yo, I want to come to America. You know, And so, uh, Pops, I guess he must have thought she was a cutie or something, Um, because he he found mom's a sponsor. They brought her to um, America, and then, you know, they hooked up, I guess, obviously, right? (laughs) I'm here, so (laughs) it went down. (laughs) And so so, um, I ended up, you know, here. So as a kid, in my family, everybody's going to do music. Um, marimbas, um, mbiras, these are the traditional instruments I grew up playing. So I started playing probably when I was about five, six years old. My father had a band, my mom had a band. We've traveled the world playing African instruments, um, Europe, um, all through America. You, you name it, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. we was doing that. And then as I got older, like anything, you grew up in the hood, you know, so you're playing African music and at home you're listening to the African music, but then when you get out in the streets, I mean you in the you in the hood, man. It was, yeah. you know, it was ice cube and NWA and you know what I mean? And it was like, yo, the Marimbas is cool, but I want to do that. <laughs> 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 yo, that is dope, you know. So um, I think I probably started rapping on the rap tip. I started rapping when I was like in the fifth grade. Um, you know, just wrote my first rap around it, you know. know, real ABC type stuff. And then um, I think I got really serious about it right around my freshman year because I was a dancer back in um uh, middle school. And then after that, around my dancing ain't got no money. That's how I thought. I was like, ain't no money in this I pick <laughs> up the mic. And then when I got to my freshman year in high school, I remember I wrote a song called High School. Um, shout out to this girl named Shantae. She sang on it, and it was on Cube 93. They played it. Wow, man! I was out at Franklin High School. I was the dude Fresh, freshman it. on
0: the radio, like yeah. that.
1: <laughs> Ooh. Hey, they was like, Hey, you're on Cube 93. Oh, you know what I'm saying, Trace. So, um, the song was whack, but <laughs> <laughs> it was whack when I look back on it, you know, but um. And then I really wasn't that good. And then something happened, like a high school basketball player. I had a growth spurt from my sophomore to my junior year. Oh, yeah, I got nice. You know what I mean? And um, Mm I was in a group called Dizane back then. And then um, Dizane broke up right around my senior year. And then I joined a group called Cave. Actually, I started rapping with a dude named Little J the Fever. I have to say that part because Little J is the person who named me Dre's. And so um, I started rapping with him, and then he passed away. He was a blood, one thing, another. He passed away. uh, And so, um, man, I kept the name, you know what I mean? Because that was my guy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, if you name me Dre's and you pass away, I keep the name to kind of keep him alive. You know what I mean? So that's it. That's the beginnings.
0: So at what point, what point, I mean, you know, you got the, you got the growth spurt, you know, through the skill set in high school, but at what point did you really start taking like music serious and viewing this as like a little bit more as an outlet and like, I'm going to start trying to, you know, whether it's, there's two different parts to being an artist, right? There's the one where it's trying to get on and that's not getting money off it, right? Because the whole process until you get on is there's no money in that. It's spending money. But at what point were you like, all right, I'm really going to go after this? And then at what point, and then I know there's another point for your career where you're like, all right, now this has really turned into a vehicle to be like a career. And so what what are the, what are kind of those two points
1: looking like? Um, I, You know, what, I don't think there was ever a difference in my head. Again, when you grow okay. up in, a, in doing music, my mom was a musician. I lived in a home where we did music every week. I'm performing at, if you were at, whether it's Kwanzaa, the Black Community Festival, schools, Everything we performed, we opened up for Janet Jackson, we opened up for Mm. Miles Davis. You know what I mean? Like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm I'm already performing, so I don't think I ever saw a difference. To me, music was what it was gonna be. I'm more or less being stubborn and trying to force music into it. Like, when it's not paying the bills and I'm supposed to get a job, I'm like, nah, F that man, music. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna be broke, (laughs) we're gonna be broke, but we're gonna have a hot record at the crib. You know what I mean. So, right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I think where it got serious, um, high school, after high school, um, I was in a group called Cave. Um, and Cave was popping in the town. Um, uh, C-A-V-E, um, with two of my brothers, uh, Cave was popping. And then, um, we actually had a deal interest from Def Jam. So we, okay. had, we were actually in, um, at the time we were in D.C. Nobody knows this story, but we were in D.C. and we had just did a show at Howard University. Um, we just, we had brought out, at the time we brought out these boxes of CDs and you know, a box had 250 CDs in it, right? So that was a big deal. It's like, you never gonna sell out of 250 CDs in mm-hmm. show. We brought two boxes out there, sold out of all of them at Howard mm-hmm. University. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. We're leaving the show. Howard's going crazy. We're driving back to the hotel. We're in the van. And that's when I get the call. Um, The AR at Def Jam wants us to come down. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, oh, "Oh, life is about to change. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's about to go down. Um, But, you know, long story short, it didn't happen Um, on some internal stuff. Not on Def Jam. Not on We Wasn't Good Enough. Not on nothing but just... Uh Much of the reason I don't do groups. So when that when that fell apart, I was like, "Yo, I will never put myself in a position like that again." Where I'm at the cusp, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I'm right there to grab hip hop's elite and be a part of it at the very least, and and to have my situation in someone else's hands. Mm. Yeah, I, so that was when Dre's went solo. You know what I mean? But it was already a business at that point, right? At this point, sure. I'm probably 20 21 years old at that point it's already a business i'm fresh out of high school we finished the album and just go you know what i mean and so it's a business and it's never it's never not been a dream i'll say that i may not have been making Mm -hmm. money but i was definitely chasing a dream at that point so
0: yeah that's what's up and that's that's a little different from like you know our era compared to the newer era now where like there was less people doing shit. When you were selling tangible, physical CDs, whether you were doing a show or you just wanted to go hit them, you know, you could spend eight hours on the mall, college campus, you could get CDs off. You might not make a great living, but you could go, <laughs> even as an unknown, no one knows you, you could go get some bread off your music if you had the right hustle. It's a little bit different nowadays with, you know, pushing towards the streaming and shit. That's tough to make bread off of.
1: Man, I, last I remember uh, I had moved to New York, So after all of that, I moved out to NY. Damn, my journey's crazy. I got out to NY and, and to your point, I'm hustling. I went up, I want to say I might've been, I had to be in Harlem, right? Because I had went past a certain point and I'm up in Harlem and I had posted up on some blocks with some boxes of CDs. And then, you know, back then you had the little CD players with the headphones and Mm -hmm, I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. take a listen to the, to my stuff. And you know what I mean? I'm just hustling what I know to do, right? I'm like, I'm literally in New York by myself. I got to get this shit popping. I don't know what else to mm-hmm. do. So I'm um, I'm doing my thing, giving people the headphones and, and to listen. And then these cats roll up on me. And they're just like, hey, yo, what up, kid? You know what I mean? They're all on the... And I'm looking around like, okay, I'm not at home. And there's like <laughs> six of these cats. And I'm like, what's good, bro? And they're like, what you doing? I'm like, man, moving the CDs. You know what I mean? Like, and they're just... They was kind of tripping i know the energy right i'm from that space right. where you know the energy but it was dope because at some point one of them was like yo 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 yo, hold up b he's like yo 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 he ain't from around here listen to his accent and you know we're talking and they're like where are you from i'm like seattle and they're like oh they're like yo you can't sell on this corner i'm just i'm like wait what they're like yo you can't sell on this corner like we own the, these 12 blocks and i'm just like Yo, for music? <laughs> like CDs, fam? Like, I understand crack. You know what I'm saying? But y'all right. know them blocks from music. I was like, yo, New York is something different. Um, so they ended up listening to the CD, fell in love with it, and tried to get me to join their crew after, yo, son is nice, and you know. <laughs> it was just so we ended up becoming real cool. And so those are my people's now.
0: So That's what's up, man. That's, that's that validation. And so at some point, I know it's a, a lot of your new music, so I don't want to spoil too much that you don't want to spoil, but at some point you started going back to the roots of Zimbabwe and mixing some of those elements into your music. At what point and what was kind of the inspiration to do that? Or have you always kind of had those elements in, in your sound?
1: I think melodically, if my music has always been melodic. So the harmonies of what I grew up on have always been there. I think also um you know you don't want to get too deep. You know, I don't like buzzwords. Like everybody's on these damn buzzwords. You know what I mean? Just trauma and mental health and. You know what I mean? And it just starts feeling yeah. like a like a PR campaign, but it's not that, but realistically if I have to be honest, there was a lot of like what I came up in being in Seattle where the first time I heard the word African booty scratcher, it was about me. The first time I heard people making fun of someone being African, it was me. So I had to always go to these festivals and perform in the middle of the hood in my African outfit and I don't feel like that. Cause I'm like, mm. and, and my homeboy's right there with his shell toes on, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yo. Know, and my mom's like, take those shoes off you are going to get on stage with no shoes right you are going to you are going to put your outfit on i mean you know what i mean and i'm like right and i look weak you know you're that little kid who doesn't get it and some of it is that pain from being made fun of and so i say that to say i kept a lot of that out of my music i think internally out of like not being ready to own 100% of who i was um And I don't know if own is the word, but put it in front of everyone else. Because around my world, I was totally owning it. But I'm saying, as far as musically, there was always this subconscious fear. Are they ready? Right? I knew I would go there, though, at some point. Always knew I would go there. Um, And then it just, on my last mixtape was Seattle's Own. Right? Um, Shout out to Converge, because Seattle's Own is now the theme song for Converge's Mm. show. But um, on my last mixtape, I I really went there and just kind of introduced it to people. I had a song on there called Children of the Light where I played the marimbas, And it was dope to have that. Um, Shout out to Angela Rye as well because she took Children of the Light and made it the theme song for her podcast On One with Angela Rye. And so um, I just sampled it out there. And people went crazy off of it. They really, really loved it. Like I said, Angela was like, yo, she thought that was the best song on the mixtape. And I was like, yo, y'all fucking with this? Like, okay, let's get it. You know what I mean? So um, that was where I really started sampling with it and leaning into it and kind of feel like, do I want to go here? Or how much of this do I want to do? I'm blessed to be able to go in a lot of different directions. I remember Ish also. Um, I had a conversation with Ish and we were just talking hip hop and breaking bread. And um, I remember he said to me, he was like, your paradigm is so vast because I come from, you know, you got this hip hop lane and you have this African lane. I got this gospel lane from my time with the church. You know, I got all these different worlds. And he was like, I just think you need to make music for all of it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I was kind of like, that's what's up, OG. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I need to make music for all of it. So it's when you got somebody who's got a Grammy giving you some advice to say, just embrace every component and piece of who you are. Right. And that that was right before Seattle's own. So I leaned in on that. And with Seattle's own, you hear that you got these gospel elements. You've got you know what I mean? These hip hop elements. You've got this African. You got it's just like you know a meshing of everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And so and so with that, you know, you touched on these these podcasts using your music at, at, and, you know, a lot of, we'll get into it more in depth in a second, but a lot of which, a lot of the, the stuff that you're doing in the industry is placing music, I know, through television and, and media and stuff like that. What, at what point did you kind of either choose that lane or become aware of that lane or, or how did that kind of get on your radar as another
1: outlet for your music? Accidental, bro. I was on a trip to L.A., Shout out to my sister, Frankie, Frankie, one of the town's best, best writers. If you don't know Frankie, you're tripping, but she's written for Dr. Trey and E-40 and, you know, she, she was on, in the town. She used to be the queen doing hooks back in Seattle and she moved to L.A. But I was on a trip out here in L.A., kicked it with her real quick, and she asked me to come to the studio one day. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I get to the studio and there were some dudes there from Europe and they're like, will you write a song? Um, a, a rap, and I'm like, sure. What do you want? So they wanted me to write something like Mob Deep. They're like, yo, we w- we want it to sound kind of like Mob Deep. Can you do that for us? You know, something kind of like Mob Deep. I'm like, yeah, I got you, Mob Deep. All right, cool. So uh, I write them the song, and when I get done writing it, they're like, yo, this sounds just like Mob Deep, right? And I was like, well. That's what you asked for, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so I ain't think nothing of it. I wrote it. I didn't even get no money. I just did it. You know, I'm with Frankie. It's all love. She said they were family, they were family. Kept it moving. Some years later, I'm back in Seattle. And I get a call from these guys again. And they're like, hey man, can you write a song essentially? And they're like, Are you still writing? I'm like, Yeah, can you write us a song? I'm like, sure. Um, and they were like, uh, we want something that sounds like Drake. And I was like, all right, whatever. You know, you know, if you got a beat that sounds like Drake, I can give you something that feels like Drake. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and they were like, long story short, they were like, yo, we're going to give you this song and we want a buyout. For those who don't know what a buyout means, it means they're going to pay me up front And then they're going to own the track and I am going to make no more money. They can take this track, sell it a thousand times, make a million dollars off of it. Whatever my front money is, that's it. The front money was $500, right? So I call up Frankie. I'm like, yo, Fran, what's up with your peoples? You know what I'm saying? Like, about the buyout, I'm not really feeling that. She's like, just do it. And I'm like, do it. She's like, do it, but kill it. She's like, just murder the track. I'm like, all right, cool. So I write it up. Boom. I put my foot in this track. We send it back to them. They call me back. Yo, yo, man. Oh, this is amazing. It sounds just like trick. Like, like how do you do that? All right. And so they're doing that. And I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) And then they're like, we don't want to buy out. And I'm like, you don't want to buy out. They're like, nah, keep the $500. We're going to give you all your publishing, all your royalties, everything. You're good. We just want to be able to keep coming back to this well, and I was like, Mm. "All right, cool." At this point, I have no idea what these guys are into. I'm chilling. I write a few more songs for them because at this point, they're paying me. Yo, I'm making money. If it does something cool, I'm chilling at home one day watching VH1, man. And a song comes on TV, and I'm like sitting there. You know, you just you bobbing your head, and I'm like, "Yo, what the fuck is yo?" (laughs) <laughs> yo i'm 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 damn near pissed I'm calling him like yo fam, they are playing our record somebody jacked our shit yo you know what I'm saying and he's like he laughed and he's like, no 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 one jacked our song. it's like we we placed it I'm like oh oh wait, tell me more like I didn't know what I was a part of mm-hmm. turns out these guys had a writing team that was a part of the biggest company in the world is called extreme music for placing music with television. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. So that started kind of my, my ascension, um, um, small piece of that story I'll add and then I'll, I'll finish up. That song that I did is called let it breathe. That was my first song I ever wrote. That was for placements on television. I literally, I wrote that song probably about a decade ago. So that's how long back we go. I just heard that song on the NBA playoffs like two days ago. So, so we're still eating. You know what I'm saying? Wow! Uh, uh, let it wow! A decade, a decade ago. A decade ago. You know what I'm saying? So I was just sitting here watching the game, and it was like the little break. They're going, getting ready to go to commercial, and the song comes on, and I'm hearing my chorus, and I'm just like, "This is crazy." I'm still eating on these. You know what I mean? So. Um wow. but that started my ascension into it. And at this point, you said it's a you said it's a decade ago. I've written songs for man, anything you can possibly believe. Um Love and Hip Hop, Empire. If you guys watched, there's a show that was just number number one in the world on Netflix called Who Killed Sarah? Um I had a song mm-hmm. on there. I did a commercial for Speedo, did one for um PlayStation uh i have over honestly over a hundred placements last year so it's a lot of Mm -hmm. placements it's a lot of music going in a lot of directions we write stuff i mean if you could i can't show you but on my wall right now all i have is like pieces of paper there's four right now for songs i have to turn in uh by next week because we want to keep the machine rolling you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so um that's how i that's how i got into it you know what i mean to writing songs for television um, yeah, and that's, and it became, that was when music stopped being just for love and it started to be a business for real, right? Like, you get your mm-hmm. first taste of some money, you know what I mean? Like, you get your first taste of some money coming in, like, everybody I know, especially back home in the town, and I got much respect, but like I told you, like, everybody I know is not living on music, right? Like, I I can literally live on music. You know what I mean? Pay my bills, pay my rent, do the things I need to do off of music. Man, I'm proud of that. You know what I mean? That's not mm-hmm. an easy feat to do. That's a lot of hard work. And it's a lot of music, you know what I mean, that I've had write. right to do right. That. So.
0: That's, that's the dream. You know, you ask a lot of aspiring artists, young artists, right, what is your goal? And they're not, they're, it usually isn't. I want to be the man. I want to be whatever. It's usually that I want to live off of music. Like anyone, anyone that's young but also put some effort and understands some of the components that go into this. That that ends up being the goal is. I just want to make music is what I love, and I I don't want to do anything else to pay the bills. So I mean, you know, by that standard, you know, like you said, you're 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 living the the dream that you set out
1: as you know five years old or, or whatever <laughs> when you started playing music. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also like. It's humbling, though. I've tried to get other artists involved in this, man. You would be surprised how many... i just be like, yo, but they're, they're chasing that specific dream, and I can't be mad at that. Like, mm-hmm. You can't be mad at anybody for chasing a specific dream. But I've tried to get a lot of artists involved in this, and they just can't quite get over the fact that, like, wait, what? You know what I mean? Um, and then it's challenging. Right. It is challenging, too. It's not easy work. So it's a job. Like, I don't even like some of the songs I've written. Literally don't like them. Just, they send me over a track and they're like, yo, this is what we want. I remember they wanted a, everything sounds like something. So even when I get done with it, it may not sound like that, but I get, they're trying to give you an image. So I get an email and these are the specs of the song. We want it to feel like this, sound like this. You can't say this. You can't say that. That's the challenging part. Like, it'll be like a party record, you know. Can't sound like, so it's a party record, but you can't say, can't use drugs, can't use cuss words, can't say sex, can't, you know what I mean? So you're like, yo, you want a party record, but ain't nothing at the party? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? You know? Um, And so I just kind of do my best. I remember one that was like the bane of my existence. They wanted a song that was like um Kanye West. And but it was from they want the music, they wanted everything to feel like what was the Kanye record I hated? Oh, uh, the 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 what is it? The Yeezus album. Oh, oh okay, yeah. I hated that album, right? The rock and roll fusion, whatever he was on. Yeah. So the beat that they sent was just horrible to me, you know what I mean? And they wanted me to rap just loud and yelling, and you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. I'm writing this and I'm handing it to somebody else to wrap it. I'll give you what you want, but you're not going to get me on that track. You know, I still get paid either way. So um, that's what I've been doing a lot now is just pawning them off, letting other people rap the verses, pay them a couple hundred dollars. Hey, you want to do this? Get your name on TV. It still goes on your resume. You know what I mean? You were on that show. Use it on your resume. Push it and it'll help you out. Right. So it's a good look.
0: Right. Man, I got a couple questions I want to to go off of what you just said, but one of them that I want to make sure I don't skate by, because this is from just previous conversations between me and you, um, is that you release the music that you write under a different name than the music you put out personally. And I think that's so dope because then you're able like to creatively separate it to where you don't feel like something's hurt, even though it's you, it's not, you know taken away from whatever you're trying to do over here that obviously has, you know, your your whole passion and your heart in, where over here it's more of a job. So could you kind of explain the the how you separate how you personally kind of separate those two and then and kind of at what point was that initially when you started songwriting, like I'm gonna do it like this, or was it something you had to kind of to that your just your heart was pulled into doing? You it? know
1: what? Um again, it it really came in because for the stuff I was writing for TV it wasn't stuff that represented me. This is for a client, this is a job. You're asking me to deliver you some music that sounds like something, and I have no problem doing that. If I don't want to do it, I can simply say no, right? But this music is an extension of me because it is my talents and my abilities creating it. I'm proud of that, but it's not music reflective of what I would think and want to put on wax and give the world and say, these are my thoughts. This is who I am as a person. So I was like, well, how do I separate those? I was like, all right, dumi which is my real name, um, Doomy Sani or Doomy is my real name. He's the writer for television. You know what I'm saying? Trace, the one who my guy Lil J the Fever named, he's the MC from the Central District. Shout out to my guy, Sway Guts. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the MC from the Central District from the South End who's who's representing and so i just pulled this up because i'm having fun with you but this is my spotify i don't know if y'all can see that right so this is the doomy mirari page right so if you go to spotify and you search doomy mirari he gets thirty three thousand monthly listeners a month uh my tracks i got tracks with 1.9 million everything's over six figures and up in the millions and listens Right, so that's the stuff I'm writing for TV. Right, pardon my French, he is shitting on Dre's right now. Okay, because Dre's is struggling, you know what I'm saying? Dre's is a starving artist, man. Help out poor Dre's, man. No, I'm just playing, um, you know, but but for obvious reasons, those associations are going to catapult your music to different levels. I got no problem with it, I love it, man. Um, You know, at the end of the day, people are supporting the music that I do. So on Spotify, there's Doomy, then there's Dre's. They're both up there, um, stream both of them. You know what I mean? And I'm in the process of bridging Mm -hmm. the gap with the pages now so that people can start to really see the difference in the two figures and enjoy whatever they want to enjoy.
0: And so, got it, man. That that is beautiful. And I just, like, ever since you've told me that in a conversation, that just always stuck with me because I... Imagine that's a big hurdle for artists that are creatively putting music out and also have this other outlet. But don't, I mean, you know, you you, you have a brand, you have an image that you're creating, like you said, it's very personal to you, <laughs> your music and this other stuff isn't. So it's like you figured out a way to do both and still be yourself. And I i think that's just phenomenal. And, and that kind of ties into something we were just talking about of like you trying to get other artists into this space and the inability to do that. And just kind of the professionalism and the business sense that it takes to, to do music like you're doing from a very business sense, but then also still being like creative and being yourself. And so could you expand a little bit on that? Just a game out there for artists of like how, what are some of the things that they need to just acknowledge in terms of like, you know, most people want to be artists. They want to just do them, do it on their own schedule whenever they feel like it, stuff that they feel. If they don't feel it, they don't do it. And they, you know, and they won't do it. And so what are some of the things or, or the game or tips that you felt like that has given you the ability to like be your own creative artist and push it out there that's like really close and dear to your heart, but also take this shit serious like a business and kind of be able to separate, wear both of those hats because those are, those are different hats for a lot of people.
1: You know what, man, uh, there's something called being a man. That's what helped me. I ain't gonna front to you. You know, growing <laughs> up, being a man, having a family, get a wife and kid. Folks is hungry. Money got to be made. You know what I mean? Um, I'm a man. I ain't trying to have wifey making money and I'm sitting around here. You know what I mean? Just awesome. Good. Nah, I'm good, bro. But what, honestly, at some point you cross over and you start to, my wife looked at me like, like, because I was struggling as an artist to write some of this stuff. I I would get the tracks. I'm like, yo, babe, I'm not feeling this. Like, Like, yo, I'm not doing this. This shit is whack. Right. And she's looking at me like, this is what you going to do? Right. And I know what she's saying. The hell you ain't doing this. Yeah, you are going to do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What do you want to go do? You don't want to go down the lows. You ain't trying to go down the, you know what I mean? You ain't trying to be at North. Come yeah. on, player. This is who you are. This is what you do. So I had to separate head from heart. Heart is the stuff that I do mm. for myself. I always wrote from my heart. This stuff I write from my head it's why a lot of it i can do easy it becomes a job it's a muscle i can give the client what they want i'm good at giving the client exactly what they want so as an artist you have to learn that there's deadlines even when you get in the game and you're doing it for yourself there's gonna become deadlines you know what i mean there's gonna be dates and times and places you have to deliver if not unknowingly you end up being the jerk artist Right, You just end up being an artist mm. nobody wants to work with because it's like, yo, we gave them a deadline to the 19th. Album's not ready. We said, why? I couldn't find the inspiration. I mean, you better find the inspiration. You know what I mean? Get your music <laughs> popping and get it out there. Like, I, I get it. I'm an artist. I'm very different. Um, I'm eclectic. You know, I like to create the way I like to create. I know people who create in rooms full of 40 people at the studio. That ain't me. I just, you know. Get all these people up out the studio, man. I can't focus with all these people around here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, find your zhuzh, find your space, find your lane, do whatever works for you. But there is a very real business component to being a rapper if you want to be one. And if you want to get into this lane with licensing and selling music, I can say I have become one of the top writers in the world for this type of writing. I am with the biggest company in the world, and I am one of their top hip-hop writers. That tells me where I'm at, right? I know because I was on a writing team, and so imagine it like this. There's the company, and then there's our team, essentially, right? We're just contracted out. They would come and say, yo, can you guys give us six songs like this? I'm the hip-hop writer on the team. There's a producer. There's somebody else who writes country music, somebody else who writes R&B. Whatever, right? And our team collectively has pumped out over a thousand songs, right? So it's a team yeah. that's just pumping out music for television. Well, you know, for, for me, I am the only person on this entire team that the head of the company ever said, yo, I want to meet him and meet with him myself personally. And the head yeah. of my team was like, yeah, they're probably going to cut me out and go directly to you right? They want the direct yeah. plug to you. And I was like, I'm a loyal cat. I'm like, so how do you want me to move? And thank God he's a loyal cat. He's like, you need to go get the bag if they want you. <laughs> like You don't need to be worried about me, right? So I'm saying that to say to my earlier conversation, I now have the ability and I'm I'm trying to get people involved from the town. I'm trying to get people involved like yo y'all want to write for some shows you guys want to write for some different things so um you know me and Vita had a long talk because I think he would probably be one of the the best producers to be on the team because of his diversity right his ability to mm-hmm. produce without samples and to create many different sounds across the genres um so me and him have had that conversation I could never get him serious um, it, it, we talked about it years ago. Over and I would come home, he would hear me in the studio working on something for some show, and then he'd see it on TV, like, yo, yo, Trace, you're really doing that, right, bro? Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what's up. I'm like, now he's like, yo, we could really make money. I said, bro, I've been telling you this for like six <laughs> years now, man, and you're sleeping. He's like, all right, I'm ready to get real. So... Um, if Vita's on board, I know we could. I'm. I'm really looking to put my mm. own team together, right? Of writers from Seattle. You know, we'll open it up to some cats from LA and people that I'm meeting around the world. But I'd like to go with where my heart is, right? And that's that's home. Mm. And if we could put people from the town on. And little do people know, it ain't for television. But me and Mitch got a joint. You don't even know we got a joint that's hot because you sent me a pack. I already wrote to it. I okay. just gotta, I just gotta get in the studio and knock it out. But the joint is hard, man. So uh, <laughs> I, people don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock that out and send it to you, man. Just so you can listen.
0: All right, to it. all right. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want to hear, it, man. People out there don't even really know I be with the beats, man. You know, that's something I, I do on the low, just just for me. But that's how I got into, you know, whatever I'm media, whatever the marketing, whatever the fuck you want to see, you want to box, you want to put me yeah. in these days. You know, I got into that yeah. from. From sampling records, man. Hey,
1: I mean, you be chopping them up. I mean, when I heard the beat, it was hard. So I was like, oh, Mitch got some heat in here, man. I was like, okay. He's nice. I even uh, heard you online uh, clowning with the samples live online or something. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's real. You're getting it in.
0: I'm not, yeah, you know, like I don't put it out there, but I'm not weak. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I've been in the gym. I can step in the gym and hit some threes, you know, so.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: so I, I know you touched on earlier like the buyout on the record. I, I wanna kind of revisit that. And what are the ideal terms and situation? Like when you place a record, like what is the what are the terms you're that you're really looking for? And then what are people kind of usually, you know, what what are they usually trying to get you for? Is that kind of in alignment or is there a little bit of like push and pull to get to where you want to go? Um, There
1: is some push and pull. So you're making really good points. So it depends on where you are. If you're working with what I would call kind of a major company, let's just like anything, there's majors and minors. We'll just use that. Um, The terms are going to change depending on the company. A major company is going to come right off the top and tell you, yo, 50% of everything is ours. And we're going to own the record the rights to the record we move it where we want to move it we sell it where we want to sell it they don't want to come back to you and ask for permission every time they want to sell it to a different show right i have a ton of songs like that where it's like yo you take this i don't care sell it a gazillion times just make sure i get my money when you do right so um and they do that right so that's a good look so that's one part of it up front they're going to also give you money that those terms change major companies major front money right so and you know and when i say major i mean $10,000 $20,000 like those those ranges it's not going to be a million dollars for a couple of tracks no but yeah. it's like they'll give you some front money they'll say hey uh yo mitch we need you um and your team to write us five songs and the songs are on albums so here's what i mean the album will be the album will match the description Right. So when a television company is looking for for music, they don't want to look for a specific song name. You know what I mean? Riding with the homies or no, 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 no. They want to search for music based on the description of the sound they Mm. want. So for instance, we did an album called Epic Hip Hop. So all the records on that album feel like whatever we think that is. Epic Hip Hop. I recently did one that was country music fused with hip-hop so it's called country hip-hop right so yeah. it's it's like that you name it off of that i'm working on one now that is all sports and hip-hop right so it's all music that we think is perfect for espn nfl network nba2 i mean nba jams or whatever the things are they doing. everything that's just what we're creating right so um They'll give you front money, so back to this point, they say, Mitch, we need you and your team to give us five songs in this theme or in this genre. You say, okay, they'll give you front money. The front money is for you to finish those songs, get them done. It ain't going to take $20,000 to knock the record out. You know what I'm saying? So you're just splitting (laughs) that amongst the writers and the people on the track. Um, My advice to anyone getting into this game, keep it simple. Keep it very simple. We pay everybody straight up 50. We anybody anybody on the record's making the exact same amount. I'm on a record with you. Mm. We a, a third person comes, to, all of us make the same amount. We take out all them headaches, all that. Yo, you only sang on the bridge. Yo, you only did three lines. Man, we are no, we don't got no time to be sitting around fighting over mm. money. Um, you were on the record. You wrote on it. I wrote on it. Someone else wrote on it. The three of us come together, split it equally sign the paperwork, let's get it done. You know what I mean? Get a split sheet and keep it moving and go to the next thing. So, for us it's about it's about keeping the wheels moving, right? And not getting hung up on who did what on a record. So, um I don't know if that was clear, but the different ways you'll get paid, front money, you get a record, they're going to they're going to pay you some front money. You'll take that money and div it up between whoever's on the record. If you got the record, Mitch, and it was just you, you say you were rapping, and somebody else was producing on the record, then oh, did I freeze? I'm frozen. No, okay. You so if you you're guess. sitting there and somebody else produces on the record, it would just be you and the producer, 50-50. You know what mm. I'm saying? And that's what it would be. Um
0: and and then every placement comes with a new check generally, or d- depends on if you did if you got the buyout, then no. But if you didn't get the buyout, then every placement turns into new check. Is that turn into new? new front money per placement or is that just coming to more avenues for residual payments? residual
1: payments. so we don't do buyouts so buyouts are out the question now okay. right we uh-uh, i'm out the buy i don't do buyouts right so um what happens now i apologize because i'm not being clear so the company now we turn in the song to the company the company now goes and says yo we're going to start placing this, this record at different places, right? And so they might place it with NBA 2K, they, with TV. They might place it on a different show. That same song, like I told you, I just told you about a song that I did that I did it 10 years ago, and it was just placed with the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to take my catalog of music and continually – try to place it with different places and spaces and shows and every time that happens we all get paid every time there's a transaction every single body gets paid um i'm not tracking that that's why um for each of us you should be registered with a company there are publishing companies that so the the two uh performing rights companies are either mm-hmm. the major ones are bmi or ASCAP right? There are others, but BMI or ASCAP, their job is to essentially um, travel the world, search the world for anywhere Doomy's song is being played. If they play my song in an elevator, my company, ASCAP, that's who I'm with, ASCAP's job is to say, hey, you're playing Doomy's song. We need X amount of dollars so Doomy can go get paid. And so um, because of that, it happens all around the world. I was just um when I get when I get paid, I get paid essentially every other month, and when I get paid on um, my one of them will be a um i forget the word basically mm-hmm. a domestic check right meaning I'm getting paid from my royalties domestically and then the other month is going to end up being mm. worldwide right and so it goes domestic worldwide domestic worldwide and every time you get paid you're getting this money from these different sources. So the worldwide ones are honestly Mm -hmm. bigger than my domestic ones, right? So it's being played everywhere. I had a friend of mine from Seattle who was out in Nigeria and uh, texted me from Nigeria like, yo, I'm watching a TV show and they just played (laughs) one of your songs on it here in Nigeria, right? I'm like, shout (laughs) out to Nigeria, you know what I mean? (laughs) So um, yeah, so that's kind of how it works. You get paid every single time. It's a good look. And the money is more Mm. about a cumulative. It's not about a hit record. Like, when we all grew up, we grew up thinking, I'm going to make one record, it's going to blow me up, and I'm going to be huge forever. Yeah, I mean, you can. I did the... the Every now and again, you get a commercial, which is a very different deal. The money changes drastically. And so I got the Speedo commercial. Um, Speedo was doing something for the Olympics, and they wanted a song for all of their Olympic swimmers, and they wanted one of my songs. Yeah, that's a good win, right? (laughs) That that changes things. Um, The same thing happened last year with Sony PlayStation. Um, I had a commercial that was running for Black Friday. They ran it for like a month, and I swear, it was like, man, it was running all day, every day. I was like, yo, this is nuts. I remember them even, uh, I remember... You know how on Thanksgiving, mm. there's all those, all, all the football on. Man, they were running it all day. I, I remember I was uh, I was traveling for some reason around the holiday. And it was, I was traveling on Thanksgiving. I don't know why. But I'm traveling and I'm on the airplane with my wife. And you know how you're sitting there and you're looking at the chairs. I'm sitting there and I can see the TV, my TV, and all the mm. TVs are all on the football game, and at the commercial, they're just all playing my uh, you know, what I'm saying, playing my song. I'm like, I looked at that's the surreal. wife, like, hey, that's <laughs> so man, that is that
0: is surreal. Um, yeah, that's gotta be, that's gotta be dope to be there, especially now I can picture that too. You're on the airplane, you see all the screens, and you're like, oh yeah,
1: yeah. There's so many of those. I remember, uh, my wife. When we're still kind of getting back together, so my wife and I were together, broke up, got so we're back together, whatever, and um, you know, you you'd like to look good mm-hmm. in front of the fam, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm a dude, I you know, I, I was I was the starving artist, so I want to be the dude who can might be able to put a little food on the table. There's a rumor out there that I'm doing okay for myself, but don't nobody know, you know. So you sitting there, and then uh, I remember we were at. Um, a Um, family holiday or something and all of the, they were watching Love and Hip Hop and out of nowhere, one of my songs comes on, you know what I mean? And wifey's like, oh, that's one of your songs, babe, or whatever, and they're looking like that's you, you know what I mean? I was like, they're like, no, it's not. They're like, that's not you. They're like, sing it. So I just start spitting with the song uh, at the same time and they, uh, they're like, oh my God, that's you, you know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of those fun times, man. Those, those times, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be facetious. It's gotten sure, normal. Sure. You know what I mean? But there's another nature to it that has gotten like, I don't ever stop pinching myself. Like, man, mm. how did I get here? Cause it's, it's weird. There wasn't this moment in the typical rap game. This lane that I'm in is a lane. A lot of people mm-hmm. want to get into now. This is a lane most rappers shunned back in the day. I remember when I first got into this lane, um, I told you the story about when I first got in it, Um, but right after that, you know, these guys hit me and they're like, yo, do you have a lawyer? And I'm like, no, you know what I'm saying? They're like, well, you need to get a lawyer and you need to get serious about learning your business. And I'm like, all right. And so I knew Ricardo, shout out to Ricardo Frazier. I called Ricardo. I'm like, yo, I need some help. So Ricardo helps me go through my paperwork, go ever, go through everything. And he brought in some people that he knew over at Def Jam to also help us out. So we're all going over this paperwork and they're reading the paperwork and they're telling me, pardon my French, yo, get the fuck out of this game. And I was just like, why? They're like, there's no fucking money here. This is, mm. this is a waste of time. Right. And I was just kind of like, damn, mm-hmm. kind of deflated, you know, cause you're like, I think I got a gym. And they're like, Stay out of this. Well, what in their world is not? Because one record could bring you one point right. five million dollars or something, right? That's not going to happen like that in this. It's accumulative, right? So one song, two songs, three songs. Now I've got over a hundred songs in there, all mm. making me good money, right? So if one song's making you a thousand and a hundred's doing that, right. that matters. Right. Right. If one song's making you thousand dollars, they're like, you're not going to get rich on that song. So they Mm -hmm. couldn't see the long game in it. Right. They're thinking short term. You don't want to make all this. You know, they I didn't even know. But the guy on my team who brought me and told me, he said, this is not your typical dream. You're not going to make a single and just and just blow up he was like you might get a commercial don't count on that right like we don't even look at that if that happens you get the call somebody wants to use your stuff for a commercial awesome right (laughs) but don't count on that right that's just right you never know it's just it's just verizon going yo that song fits Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do in a way that we want to use it you know um Man, I could go on and on talking about this stuff. I mean, there's that. I told you about the major. There's also minors. So you can start pitching yourself to to smaller companies. With my resume now, I get companies all over reaching out to me now, just kind of like, yo, you want to write for us? Hey, can you write a song? You know what I mean? And I'm open, especially if they've already got placements like, hell, like, yo, we've got, it will be on this show right here. But the numbers are going to be a little bit different than with the major. Like, I need to win when the right. numbers are the other way, you know what I'm saying? So you may not have as much front money to to offer me, but on the back end, I'm right. going to need a little bit more money, you know what I'm saying? So, um those are kind of the ways and now I'm at the point where I'm also I need another way, let me get beyond myself, but to other people who want to do this, you can also reach out directly to program directors if you know how to get their 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 contacts. So you can reach out to program directors directly and they will, man. Mm. They'll holler at you. You know what I mean. That some of them will. They really will say, "Sit over the music. Let me listen." You know what I mean. Some of them won't because they don't. They don't feel like you're official. But
0: so, how do yeah. you balance? You know, now at this yeah. point, putting out music for, for you know, songwriting for placements, and then music that's near and dear to your heart as a, as an artist. There's a lot of people that get into a songwriting deal and find themselves just creatively constricted, right? Because, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, if your job is making sandwiches and you're making sandwiches for eight hours a day, you clock off, the last fucking thing you're trying to do is go make more sandwiches at home. So it's the same, <laughs> you know, when you're in the studio all day doing this as a job, not as a, this is my creative outlet. When you clock yeah. off out of that studio, yeah. how do you balance, you know, having the energy and the, the inspiration, the drive to continue to be like, fuck, it, I'm going to still make some shit for me.
1: Right. Uh, I think it's slightly different because it's like, imagine that you're making sandwiches all day. But then when you get home, you actually get to like break Mm. out the ingredients, break out meat in the pans and start sauteing stuff. And, you know, you really get to do what you love. The stuff that I Mm. do for me, I love. And so it's a lot easier to do. I will, however, say I do separate church and state. I don't do them at the same time. So When I go into Dre's album mode, nah, we're not doing nothing Mm. else for television right now. We're not doing nothing else. I can't... There is a point point where creatively, the stuff for Dre's has to go to a completely different level, right? It has to go to another level because I know it's at a different level. And it's easy as a writer to find yourself writing below your levels, right? Because you're used to it. Like, this stuff for television is bubblegum, popcorn, simple... You know what I mean? They're not looking for no bars. They're not looking for you to wow them. You don't need to give them a hot 16. Um, I'm so, we're so innovative with it now, man. Um, we used to like write them whole songs, right? You know, right. And I, after seeing how this stuff is used, I went to my squad and was like, yo, they are never using more than 45 seconds. Why are we writing four-minute <laughs> songs? Let's like a chorus one verse and another chorus and hand that in. And they was like, yo, that shit's genius. I'm like, yes. Sent <laughs> it to them, and that's what we do now. I am not writing you a whole song. For what? You're right. never going to use it. You know what I mean? Like, in the event that you ever decide, yo, I want to use this song, you know, even what I just said is going to be a minute and a half to almost two minutes. Right. You're good. You know what I'm saying? And in the event that somebody wants to, like I told you on Who Killed Sarah?, they probably paid about 45 seconds of the song that I did on there. That's a long placement, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, those are that's a, where the philosophies start to go. Like, I don't need to be writing all this music. And then personally, when it comes to me, I separate church and state. When I'm in my album mode, I won't write nothing for television. It's all Dre's. I'm um, focused. Um, you know what I mean? And I I won't even um. I don't even my creative process I don't even like start writing like right away I know the first song I write I'm probably gonna trash right like the first one I just because I mm. gotta get my jumper falling again you know what I mean like I gotta get my muscle back and it mm. takes a second to get that muscle back one of the things that blew me away probably more than anything was watching J Cole's rollout on his recent album and I watched his little uh 12 minute mm-hmm. movie or whatever Man, that shit blew me away, fam. It was like hearing him talk about the process, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I understood it in a way that unless you're in it, you probably don't understand it. And I mean it as in he's where I'd always want to be, right? I've never been at that space where it's Mm 24-7 what I want to do, right? Like, And when you get there, but I'll, I'll spare you all of my excitement about that, but my... The point I was trying to make was like he was talking about in the beginning of when you start to write, like when you take a break from writing and then you come back to write. You don't trust Mm -hmm. your thoughts anymore. You're second guessing. Should I say that? And you're scrapping hella stuff that could be hot. But you keep writing. You keep writing. And a week later, you already know what. Oh, that's filthy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you just know. You know, yo, I need to say that, right? And you trust your own self and your thoughts. It takes me at least a week to shed Doomy to put on Dre's. And once I have it on, I don't want to take it off. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I want to just stay in that zone. So I remember with this album... I wrote most of it in about the first week I took off. I had a two-week period and I wrote most of the album in two weeks because I was like, once I got in the zone, I was like, and my wife had left, my daughter had left, they went on a trip. I was up in the crib all by myself listening to beats and just writing. You know what I mean? So,
0: what what still yeah. inspires you at, at this point in your career? Like what what I mean, I know you said it's in you, but what what are some of the inspirations to continue making music? Do you find it just in in something that's just in you that's always been there? Do you find it in family or things that you see? Do you find it in current music that's coming out? Like, I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of all that, but what, what are some of the points, like the major points you feel like of inspiration you're drawing on right
1: now? Um, I, I see a big inspiration for me is the void in the market, right? The market is all doing the same thing or so much of it is doing the same thing. and the lack of what I call creatives, right? Um, I'm not, when I say the lack of it, there's a lot of creative music doing the same thing in the same way. But I'm like, yo, there's so many other areas we could go. I remember hearing a Nike rep talk about shoes and they were like, oh, we could innovate for the next hundred years. And I was like, damn. Like, y'all got y'all got that much more to do with shoes? I was like, what more can you do with shoes? Like, aren't you guys out of materials? And they were like, nah, we haven't even scratched the surface, right? That's how I see music, where I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much that we could be doing. And so when I see that, I want to jump in. But all of those things you said, family inspires me. Um, who I am inspires me, meaning I don't see people like me in the market a lot. And I think the world needs that. I mean that as in when I talk to real ones and we're having a conversation, I'm like, yo, so where's this guy mm-hmm. in the market? You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's pandering to something, you know, and I'm just, yeah, I don't pander. You know what I mean? That's not what I do. I got to say what I got to say. I'm an artist. I'm not here to care about your feelings. Nah, you hear a Dre's record. You are not hearing a whole lot of politically correct. I got to Fit mm. in with this group and with that group. Like I wrote songs like The Hood Ain't the Same, Gentrification. And it looks in hindsight like, oh, he wrote the gentrification wave. The hell I did. I was talking about that right. shit before anybody else was talking about it. That song was put out before right. the movement. And then everything just went crazy. And I was just like, oh, you know what I mean? It ain't like I started it. I'm just saying the world eventually right. went there. You know what I mean? On its own. And so It's the same thing with building black wealth. I put out building black wealth before everybody was just black on, black on, black on. And then it's just right now it's black on, black on. I'm like, yo, I am not riding the trend, man. I promise you. I grab my surfboard, see a wave and just keep it popping. Um, But, you know, everything is an inspiration for me, man. Like that, my family, my daughter, God, um, reading, studying, growing as a man, uh, the confusion that I see mm. in the world. Um, like, I got a project I'm working on called Dope Masculinity. You know what I mean? And it's all about, for me, I, you know, I hate buzzwords. I told you that earlier. And everyone talks toxic masculinity, toxic... Oh, God, shut up, man. You know what I mean? I just be like, yeah, there is toxic masculinity, but there's some dope masculinity out here. I'm one of them. You're one of them. I know a lot of dope men raising their families, loving their brothers, their sisters, their wives, their moms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not just... And I'm like, so some of that goes to my core philosophy, which is be the solution, right? Rather than talk about the problem, just be the solution. So with dope masculinity, all right, there's toxic masculinity. Bet, I do agree that is out there. Well, there's also this. So you're not going to paint all men with this brush. I'm not him, yo. I ain't R. Kelly. I ain't none of them fools. So that's them. This is me. There's a difference. So, yeah, I guess those are, you know inspirationally, everything. But I, I have a thousand inspirations, man, for music. Um And right now, I'll say this, Um my inspiration right now, my new album is dropping really soon. I can't give out dates, but those are coming. Um uh, But I got a single out right now called Born to Win, uh, my new single. And it's my first single I've ever had on release radar. I was oh. happy about that. You know what I mean? I'm starting to get those those kind of hip-hop industry things. But with this album, I'm taking all African Zimbabwean music and fusing it together with hip-hop to create a sound that I call ancestral mm. art. So like with the first song, it was inspired by my dad was teaching a choir at the University of Zimbabwe. So he's teaching a choir in Debele, a different language. I saw the video and was like, yo, this is dope. I need to get a mm. choir learn this song. I actually reached out to the people and was like, yo, can you teach me the song? And mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, so it's filthy. Redid everything. And and it was my first time producing. So as a hip-hop artist, I don't typically produce most of my records, not fully like in-depth. And on this one, I, I went to a bunch of producers from the town to try to get a sound, and no one could give it to me. You, you're communicating mm. and you're going, yo, make it do this. And they're kind of like, they send you back the track and you're like, nah, that's not what I asked for. And I had to learn like, yo, Dre's, you're speaking Mm. a completely different language. You're coming from Shona. You're asking them to use keys that they don't even use. Our stuff is in the key of G. They're using all these American chords and keys. It's like, yo, this is never going to work. And I was like, well, how am I going to get what I hear in my head and in my Mm. heart out? Like, I got to make it myself. And so... um. Building Black Wealth, I produced Building Black Wealth. Um, this new one, Born to Win, I produced Born to Win. Um, but shout out to Vitamin D, because I will say he came through on this album. He's produced. I want to say he's probably on like half of the album. He was one of the few producers that I would say, yo, here's what I want. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes he would exceed what I wanted. You know what I mean? He'd come back, and I'd be like, Woo! what'd you do to the track? You know what I mean? Or... Um, and our, our creative process was dope on it. I would like play the Embiida, which is like, uh, uh, I got one over there. I wish I had it. It would be, so I had, uh, I, I play the Embiida and then send him the Embiida part and be like, yo, what about, what do you hear? Where do you go? And then Hmm. we would just start building. And before you know it, we built this track. I'm playing the Marimbas and I'm going, here's what I want to do. You know what I mean? Send it to him. He sends it back. And we would just, we wanted to create something that felt like art, like, it, it would be, to me, I'm like, man, how dope would it be to give something to hip-hop? Mm-hmm. Like, to give something that's that you never know if it's ever appreciated like that, but at least I'm giving hip-hop a sound right. I've never heard anyone do. You know what I mean? Like, you hear this album, you'll at least be like, yeah, ain't nobody else doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, whether it takes off or not, that I don't know, but... You know, that
0: kind of contribution, what I, fuck, I fuck with that. And so speak, speaking of vitamin D, you know, that's someone that you've worked with a lot, you know, over the years, where and the pillar of the Seattle scene, you know, um, but it's someone that's broke into the industry and then also, you know, gone to LA and, and obviously, I mean, you talking about being the East Coast early on and kind of gotten out of Seattle. You've, you've done your thing within the city and the scene, but also broken out and seen all these different elements, how these other markets work, how the industry works, what do you feel are some components that collectively is a scene? This is a big conversation, I'm sure, for many, many years of what we're missing or what we need, you know, what what are some elements you feel like, in, and I'm sure it's a never-ending never list and everyone's got their own opinion, but what are some things to you do you feel like <laughs> from taking these outside influence and this industry experience, like what do you feel like the scene, the community, local artist mindset, what, what, do, what are some things that you feel like are lacking?
1: Um... Man, okay, so man, two things you went to, that are, they're different, but you opened it up. So uh from the industry side of things, we're missing industry. We don't have managers. We don't have publicists. We don't have, we got the man, we don't have the man next mm. to the man, right? That person who's committed to making you great, right? Um, And then now, you know, we got Respect My Region. We don't have a ton of outlets, right? They've dried up there was years ago where was 206 proof and all of this stuff that you could go to that's now gone um, because of Instagram, right? Instagram killed the vlog and the blogs mm-hmm. and all of that other stuff. But um, industry is down in Seattle. We don't have a lot of it. And because of that, artists are made to do things for themselves. You have to, when, when you're reaching out to Numos to try to do a show, it's you reaching mm-hmm. out, right? And that's awkward. It's an awkward conversation. Somebody else is supposed to have these awkward conversations for you. They can be your they are your jerk. If you need someone to be your jerk and you can stay the nice guy or vice versa. You just are not supposed to have all of those conversations yourself. Um, so, But you have to in Seattle if you want to get anything done and then you end up rubbing it people wrong. You can't be in Seattle doing business for a decade, not doing business and not rub people wrong. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You're human, somebody's on a different, man, you only call me when you need something. How come you didn't email me? How, mm-hmm. You know, you're just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm grinding, you know what I'm saying? Like, and somebody's gonna get rubbed the wrong way because they sit in a completely different space than you. So that that is a big challenge to Seattle. Um, and then there's venues. But the other one that you said that really struck a chord with me was about the the artists. What mindset do we need to have? Um, I don't know why, but the town, my philosophy has always been together, right? This is really hard. Uh, Me and my business partner do, most everything we do, our philosophy is create a win-win, right? You'll know Mm -hmm. this. I called you earlier today with a business opportunity, right? I immediately was saying, everybody's a partner, right? I'm creating a win-win. Everyone wins, right? That's my philosophy. Um, In Seattle, you have these independent artists and they're trying to operate like a level that they're not actually on. So they're mimicking what they see as industry. You're mimicking the fact that, yo, as a cameraman, I'm supposed to make X amount of dollars, pay me what I'm worth. You know what I'm saying? Got it, fam, right? Artists doing the same thing. I'm backstage with artists at shows. Yo, these promoters don't want to pay us. Yada, yada. And I'm just sitting here like... (sighs) It's not that the promoter doesn't want to pay you. It's that you as an artist have to make enough money at the door to make it worth that promoter paying you what you want. Otherwise, everyone loses. Mm. So you got promoters who are going... Can you come to do this show? And I know your rate is $1,000, but I got 500 for you. And you're offended by that. It's not offensive. The promoter is saying, look, I want to do this event, and it would be great to have you. You need to perform to be in front of people. Why don't we find a way to make this advantageous for the both of us? Another philosophy I do a lot is going, why don't we all work together not charge each other and let's go tax businesses. It's a together mentality. I'm like, "Stop trying to make money off me and I'm gonna stop trying to make money off you. We passing $300 around? Mm. What is this? This is stupid. This ain't even money. And then there's fights over $250 and are you kidding me y'all falling out over that? If we're fighting over that kind of money, let's pause for a minute. This ain't money, and I'm not being disrespectful because I get how that's how we pay our bills. But I'm saying, if we come together, we can go. You're gonna do the 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 camera work. You're gonna do the graphics. I'm gonna be the rapper. You're gonna be the such and such. We're gonna come together, and then we're gonna split the cake. Mm. Let's go, but let's go get the money, right? The real money. And I've been, you know, that's the mentality I think we have to have. Otherwise, we're just you know, I see all the little memes that people do DJs, and you know, this is my face for people who want, uh, want a deal, and you know what I mean. And it's just like, yo, homie, the dude has an event, and this is the budget he has. It's not that he wants a deal; this is his budget. Take it or leave it. You don't gotta take it. You know what I'm saying? This is what he has. He's not saying, you know, he's saying, yo, I got, I got two hundred and fifty dollars. You're like, my rate's 300. Okay, I'm sorry. I got 250. I'll go to the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm not going to magically appear an extra 50. So it's a lot of those things that I just feel like we do around money. I'm not a money dude. So, you know, I, it, it, a prerequisite to play in my band, I've gotten in. a lot of people won't or don't play with me for several reasons, right? Um, it's kind of like some of them don't play with me or can't because my prerequisite is if you're going to play with me, you have to be willing to do free shows, right? That is not because I don't want to get paid. Okay. That's not because I want to be broke, right? Clearly I want to get paid. And when I got paid, we all getting paid. That's not the question. That is because inherently in what I do, there are times where I might get a phone call and yo, The community center needs us, and that's what it is. So you're either about this trades movement or you're not. And if you can play in the show when we're getting five racks, you can play in the show when we're we're doing it for free. Mm. I remember Seattle University, the kids up there were... um, they were doing a sit-in and they had taken over a building up on the campus at Seattle U, right? They were in there for a few days. I get a phone call from some student. I don't even know how they got my number. Yo, Dre's, we're in this building. Will you come up here and perform and just kind of boost morale? I caught up the band. We took our little rehearsal speakers and everything, went up in the building, man, and gave a free show for like an hour for the kids. What are we talking about right. here? If I have... If I have to beg my band members, yo, we got this free show. Well, I gotta get paid. Who's supposed to pay you? Me? You know what right. I'm saying? Like now, you want to take money out of my pocket? I'm trying to. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, so those are. It's a mentality that, and I thank God for the ancient robots. That's my band because we don't have them issues. You know what I mean? Like they get it. They know. They know what the heart is. We all want to get paid. I want to get paid, and I want us all to make good money and tour the world and all that. But while we are where we are, it's gonna be a balance, and that's a mentality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: that's that's important. I was I was literally just having a. I was on the phone with Casey Carter the other day, and we we're just talking about throwing show. You know, me and her have been in the same lane throwing shows, doing media, this and that. And I was just we were talking about events or something, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not really doing hip hop shows." I was like, "Cause you know." I do the most money, I bring the most, you know, I I put in the most work, I bring all the sponsors, so I I bring the most money to the table, I do the most work, and I get paid the least, and most of the time, everybody's unhappy, you know, and I'm like, and that's your thought is like, promoters, people are like, oh, these local promoters are trying to get over you, and you, I don't know a local promoter that is out here caking off the backs of artists (laughs) and living in a penthouse while the artists are, you know, splitting a one-bedroom apartment, like, There's not a ton of money in this shit. And it's like, and my mentality is if you're an artist, yeah, you want to monetize, especially your home base, but your goal until you're at a certain place is build audience. Build your audience to monetize it. You can't nickel and dime your way to building an audience. Like you say, it's free shows, man. Like it's, 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 you got a stage and people, you got a group of 100 people, I'm there. I'll rent the stage, I'll rent the speakers, I'll pay the DJ, like we're pulling up and we're and we'll try and hustle some t shirts, some CDs, or whatever, you know, like,
1: and this is, bro- this is broke shit, fam. That's what it really is. I'm just, I'm calling it what it is because they, you know, it's broke shit. That's like, cast around that broke shit. Like, you just, you're, you're fighting over nickels, you know what I'm saying? Which is really telling me where you're at and what you're about. And it's more about your lack of integrity and belief in yourself because I know who I am and I've been broke and never lost this mentality. Mm. I did not get this. I'm Yes, I'm well-to-do off. I'm better than I've ever been. That ain't the point. I had this mentality when I had nothing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it never shifted or never changed. Let's come together and let's put each other on. You're looking at me. Half the time I'm calling somebody. My real belief, if I had to say it like, um, like deep down. If I'm calling you nine nine times out of ten for it, like, there's, if I'm if I'm not asking for a favor, I'm calling for asking for a favor. That's a favor. I got no problem. I ask for favors. People ask me for favors all the time. I do it to keep it moving. That's the town. That's to me. That's how it should be. But I'm saying half the time, if I'm calling for stuff like that, it's actually an opportunity for you. Mm. Now it's okay to say I'm not. I don't need the opportunity, or I want to be a part, but not in that way. All of that. That that is fair. But. It's like, inherently, I'm like, you do understand how this is going to grow your fan base or grow your something, right? We don't, we actually don't get it. We really don't get it. And that's, at this point, I'm like, I'm done trying to explain it. I'm actually only having a conversation because I'm talking to you, right? But, But publicly, I don't sit around anymore and be like, yo, let's all come together. Nah, I got a squad, man. I got, I got camera people. I got editors. I got a squad of people, and I got a band. I got people who get the vision, and the vision is now starting to make money for everyone, and now think about it. Dre's is writing music for television. Now Dre's is starting to with my band go hey as I build my own team and we start making music you guys should be playing on it and we build in a structure for them to get royalties because it's all of us and now the whole Mm -hmm. machine is gonna look up I have no desire to be rich and and some and my squad broke that is whack I want I want us all to be winning together and it can happen you know what I mean and honestly, it's already starting to happen. You know, we're creating opportunities for people. I know that. I just did, uh, there were twice this year where I put out just, I was, I got a call from BET for the, uh, this was around the elections. Got a call I, two nights before the elections. They needed a song for their election day, <laughs> election day stuff. I'm like, yo, 48 hours? Got it, right? I went straight to Facebook, Seattle producers, send me tracks right now. Don't worry. You're good. You'll get paid. That's not the issue. Send it over. You know what I mean? Got a slew of tracks, picked one of the tracks, got it done, turned it in that very same night. Golden. You know what I'm mm. saying? Um, did the same thing for uh, Angela Rice doing a show with, um, with uh, what is it, with Title? She got a show called The Main Thing. I was getting ready to, uh, she hit me and was like, yo, can you do the theme song for this? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yo, Seattle, producers, send me over tracks. Now, I'm not, I'm not making this up. Vitamin just happened to send the hottest track that worked. So I took the track, rapped to the track, turned it in. It is now the theme song for the main thing. You go on there right now, you yeah. see it. So we're creating opportunities, not just for us. And this stuff goes straight across the board. Everybody wins, man.
0: Yeah. And it's it's who's ever ready. And that, you know, from the producer standpoint, this artist is calling out for beats. The artist is like, how much and what's the budget? And that's what they jump to immediately. They're missing the boat. Whereas the person right. that's just sending you records that understands if this record makes money, I'm gonna make money. If it doesn't, it's not like I gave a track away for free that somebody's gaming me on. It's it's a different. A different level of the business, and I think you you touched on that a moment ago, where you're like a lot of people are mimicking things where they're not at that level, and they don't understand. You know, you're 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 not at square one, but you're on stair three, and you're looking at shit at stair seven, and you're just yeah. not understanding these steps in between you, and you're trying to operate. Which is good. I mean, you should draw inspiration from that, but again, it's, 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 it's what your what's your goal with this shit? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people mix up their goal, and then unconsciously understand, like, I'm settling for $250. My goal is to make $250 off of this music <laughs> right, shit. Right, right, right. So now you got to do what, sell 20 things in a month to make a decent, right. a, a, a livable wage, <laughs> like?
1: It's, when you said it, it's, the, it's the, the, to me, they're following Jay-Z and Diddy and all these dudes, like, yo, man, are you kidding me, man? That, these are billionaires, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're not there. You need to go back to when it was J Dame dashing them. Like that's who you need to be. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to follow this. I'm going to be a mogul. I'm going to speak it into existence. Mogul status. Well, he didn't start as a mogul. He started down here, right? Cutting deals and partnerships and, you know, and so I just never lose sight of that. And then not only that, who do you want to be, right? You have an opportunity Mm. to see what these people did and make it better. How do you take what they did and 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 grow and even take their mentality? Jay-Z just came out and talked about Big Pimp and how he can't believe what he said inside the verse. Like, yo, I can't believe I was even on that mentality. If I could go back, I'd do it differently. Mm. Okay. What can you learn from that? What can you not do right now so that yeah. you don't echo the mistakes, but you can take the goods and not the bad? Eat the meat, spit out the bones. So... Yeah, that whole thing of following the industry and trying to do what everybody else is doing, and it, it's it's weird to me, man.
0: And you know, it's funny even bringing up Jay Z. A common thing is like people say, "Stop the you know promoters asking people to pay to get on these bigger shows." Jay Z, I can't remember who it was, just came out the other day and was like, "Yeah, when Jay was getting started." He was paying to get on these the, the right shows, but paying to get on, not to mention they'd also go out there and then they'd throw out a bunch of money. So, I mean, yeah. they spent a lot of money to acquire fans, yeah. not, not to make money. And it's the same thing with, like we were talking about earlier, getting on shows. And it's I've done back when I managed or DJs for artists, there's shows that. We really want to get at Numos. Numos is not answering our emails. We're not getting <laughs> nothing. We're hitting up every promoter, but by the time the show comes out, you know they're not looking for openers. We, how do we get on stage at Numos? Finally, get an opportunity. It's like fifty dollars. Something just you know disrespectful. Like we didn't even live in Seattle. We had to drive over Seattle. It's not even going to cover our gas. But it's like we <laughs> want to get on at Numos. We go on very first. There's twelve people in Numos. You know yeah. it is just and but. Me and the artist I was working at the right time, we were on the same page. Mindset-wise, we're like, we're going to make sure these 12 people, we're going to be the best performance of the night for these 12 people. And I'll tell you, the headliner, the the dude who opened before the headliner, the guy running the venue, every single one of them after that show came up and were like, yo, people don't take that shit serious. And y'all killed it. We got opportunities for every single, so it wasn't the $50. It wasn't even gaining the fans. It was, we're now building bridges with, Artists that won't answer our emails and venues that won't answer right. our emails, we're showing up and showing, yo, we're, we're here, we're going to put in work regardless. And I think a lot of people, that was always my mindset, working with artists early on. And it, that shit paid off more than, that shit paid way more than any single $1,000 gig, $500 gig. Those opportunities turned into, you know... a a year's worth of bookings or getting booked at that venue, you know, just, just career changing moves on on little stepping stones. And I think people don't have that foresight to be like, it's not just about the check. It's not just about being the headliner. It's like, it's, it's all that it's just getting money. It's, it's building fans, but it's also building these relationships. And also your, 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 your currency is what, what, what your reputation is man put if you don't get in front of people whether it's just the venue staff alone like that's an opportunity to to build your reputation with them
1: there's no other way everything you're saying i echo everything like just your relationships every time i hit a stage i'm trying to hit it hard i don't care who i'm up on stage with i'm trying to kill the stage i'm back on that i'm on and when i say back on that i mean that's where my mentality is i don't Mm -hmm. care who's going on before me, after me, man, you got to be kidding me. Dre's is here, we about to hit the stage. You know what I mean? Y'all gonna know what it is when I hit that yeah. stage. You gonna get a show, you'll get some energy, you're gonna get something different where you're like, yo, dude really touched this stage and knew what he was doing. But as you said, these shows are the gift that keeps on giving, man, like it don't matter. Built relationships, touch the 12 people there, get the, you know what I'm saying? Get to know the dude at the door and man, We're not thinking holistically. It's about building relationships, building fans, one person at a time, being grateful for every single opportunity. Don't nobody owe you nothing. You don't, you don't, man, Numo's was one of the, that's, man, you got to be on the stage in Numo's, fam. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a big deal, right? I remember the first time I had, like, I wanted to get to Chop Suey you know what I mean? That was my first little, ooh, I want to get to Chop Suey. Then I did Chop Suey, and I was like, I'm going to build. I got to get to Numo's. Then I did Numo's. Like, you got to keep setting those markers for yourself mm-hmm. and keep running and, and trying to achieve different things. There's, I don't know, I, I, all of that stuff, anybody who doesn't get that stuff, the chances of you getting somewhere and making it are just very slim. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just if you don't have the right mentality, it's about building relationships, touching good people. Um, And in Seattle, relationships are everything. We're such a small community. You know what I mean? Like it is Mm -hmm. not a huge hip hop community. Everybody knows everybody do the wrong thing and you're out. You know what I mean? So um, I just try to keep good relationships I work with different artists when the opportunity comes um shout out to Oarunga I work with him a lot like on this album you'll hear him on like five songs you know so um but yeah that's that's Seattle that's the industry man we're we're definitely a different town man you know
0: what yeah. it's,
1: so, you know.
0: it's 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 growing though and I see I see people people are dropping some comments on here appreciating the conversation so I mean this is more you know more people like it's not like I've I haven't you know from the media side I've done some stuff but yourself you've 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 made some accomplishments in the industry but I feel like you know me I'm just the type of person like I just try to take my the L's that I've taken try to pass that on to the next generation or whatever ear is willing to listen and if you could save your time and not take some of the L's I had and a lot of the L's are are my, are my you know for me and I know you and that's why we click are my our mindset wise you know what I mean yeah. like I've adopted whether I sponsored an event and was trying to sell t-shirts or we were performing <laughs> at the show anytime it turned out, you know, you get that sense early on. Oh, this is This is a dud. Like ain't nobody mm-hmm. coming. Like uh. we're not about to sell t-shirts. We're not like this. We, we spent all this time on this. Like this is a dud. And like, but the mindset of being like, I can't wear that on my face. I can't let yeah. anybody know that I'm sitting here like, damn, this sucks. My attitude, how I deal with people. And then having the mindset of being like, all right, fuck it, I'm not going to sell the t-shirts to break even or we're not making the fans we wanted to get for being on a newmos but we're not going to take an L tonight. We're going to force a W out of this. <laughs> more than any of the times where I sold the most t-shirts and made hella bread or performed in front of the most amount of people, the best wins are when I just forced that shit out yeah. of Oh, I got to talking with the sound guy, but he's also the the booking agent. And yeah. now all of a sudden me and him are tied. I got his personal number, you know what I mean? And like that, yeah. that win is worth more than making a thousand dollars. And like, you know, people for me, it's like if people just have the right mindset, if the I can't, I won't lose doesn't mean you're not gonna lose. It just means that you're gonna force everything yeah. into being some sort of moving yeah. it a little bit more forward. You know, that mindset is you can't you can't lose with that mindset.
1: I tell every every artist I know, I tell them when I talk and we kick it, throw your own show at least three times. Throw your own yeah. show. Throw at least three. You need to get acquainted with everything you just said. You need to feel that fear of I'm vested 2,700 in this and I may not get my money back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What if so-and-so doesn't show? Man the artist is late. People are not calling me back. What the hell? My marketing partners haven't marketed. Oh, that's a cold one, right? You get these (laughs) marketing partners. Everybody signs up. They're going to post the flyer. It's two weeks out. Ain't nobody posted it. One week out. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody posted it. Three days before everybody posts. You're like, damn, I I don't got no ticket sales. (laughs) It's just like, I get it, right? Like, you need to feel all of that energy when you from throwing a show. There's so much knowledge and information and learning in that. That is good growth for you, and it allows you to give grace to somebody else. I mm-hmm. give grace to to the promoters because I've been one. Because I get it, I understand the mentality. So when everybody else is kind of going, man, these promoters is trying to fuck us, bro. They got the money, or they got this, or they got it. You know, that's how I'm able to look and be like oh, yeah, you've never thrown a show before. So you just, you're just just looking around like, you know, there's 150 people in here, da-da-da-da-da. Well, do the math on that, right? They had to pay for the venue. I mean, look around. There's a couple of banners in here. You know what I'm saying? They kind of went all out, spent some money, made it feel good. They're not just paying you. They're paying the opening act. They're paying the other, you know what I mean? You just you start looking around and looking at the costs, and you go, yeah, that promoter's broke. They didn't make no money. I can look in the room and I can walk in the room and be like, oh yeah, you didn't make no money here. Right. You got sponsors and I don't see no sponsors here. I can look in the room. They're either here on the wall or they're not. You know what I'm saying? Right. If somebody's sponsored, they got a presence. So it's like, you know, knowing that type of information allows you to, as an artist, have a better way of maneuvering. You, you throw your own shows, you start to get it and and it it puts you that that hustle in you. You need to learn to knock on doors. Humble yourself. The one thing anybody tell you about Dre's most anything that I got in the town, I knocked on the door for it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I knocked on the door. They got the email from me. They got a phone call. I reached out. I shot them a text. Yo, what up? This is Dre's. Can we hop on a quick phone call next week? You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. everything I did um on my last on Seattle Zone, I got the partnership with Cupcake Royale. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Seattle Sweeties. So I did a partnership with Cupcake Royale. If anybody doesn't know it, check out the song Seattle Sweeties on YouTube. Did a part partnership with Cupcake Royale where we made cupcakes for, for, for women, right? So we made cupcakes representing the diversity of women. They let me come up with my own five flavors and what I wanted in the flavors and the whole nine. It was dope. I got that from being online, arguing with a cat. There was this cat online. Me and him are arguing philosophically about something on Facebook. I don't even remember. Um, and the argument got intense. And then at some point I said to him, well, why don't we go sit down and, and chop it up? Right. He's like, let's do that. Right. I, I, I appreciated that. We went and chopped it up. We're actually friends now. And we ended up just going. we never agreed. We didn't need to agree. It wasn't like serious as in like serious. It was serious as in philosophically serious, right? So we're having this conversation. We ended up chopping it up being cool. Later on, like a year later, I'm doing something. He posted something about Cupcake Royale. I was like, "Oh, I wanted to get at them. I hit him up. You know anybody over there? He said, yeah. Shot an email. Put us on a thread. I reached out to Cupcake Royale. I got this idea. Let's sit down. We sat down. Bada boom, bada bang. You know what I'm saying? Like I pitched them my idea, and they were like, we love it. I was like, you do? They're like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> it wasn't even this challenging, whatever. But I'm knocking on doors. I'm doing it myself. I'm, you know what I mean? And that helps, mm-hmm. that helps you to learn and not feel like you're entitled to anything or anyone owes you anything or anyone needs to give you anything. You know what I mean? Like you're willing to our partnerships with the Museum of Pop Culture. I got a partnership with them running eight years now. You know mm. what I'm saying? Knocked on the door, yo, what up? Can we connect? You know what I'm saying? That actually started from the hood ain't the same. I did the, I, this is this is I tell you what this is some connection like a motherfucker. Right here we go. Hood ain't the same. I create the song. I did it back in the day with uh with Jasmine and Aaron Walker Loud. Um, plugged it in with them. They were working on a um uh uh. An album for the the Space Needle turning 75 years old. They put it on there. They put this song yeah. on there. The Hood Ain't the Same on there. Steve Sneed from the Seattle Center heard the song. was like, I love this song. Me and him started talking. He was like, you should shoot a video. I hit him back. I said, you guys should pay for a video. He hit me back. He said, what would the budget be? I'm not an idiot. This is not the time to go break the bank. They're at the Seattle Center. Ooh, let me get, try to get 10 grand out of them. That's what many of us do. No. Mm-hmm. I'm going skim. Why? Because I actually just want to get a free video done. I don't need to make a dollar. I hit my mans, <laughs> Devin Morgan, who I went to Franklin High School with. Yo, Dev, what would you charge to do a video? You got to shoot it and edit it. Are you in? Yeah. What's the price? He gives me the price. I shoot it directly to them. I don't up the price $500. Mm. I didn't make anything. Shout it to Steve Sneed. Boom. They like the video, right? They end up taking a video. We love the video. Boom, we put the video out. The Hood Ain't the Same just keeps rocking and rolling, big time going and, 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 and pubbing. The Hood Ain't the Same ends up opening the door for everything else that we're talking about. It opens mm. the door for for uh, for uh Cupcake Royale. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's 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 if I don't do this, I don't get that. You know what I mean? Mm. If I'm thinking greedy, I'm a rat. I'm a rat. If I start thinking about I, most people I know make that that one little crucial mistake. Oh, oh will you guys pay for the video? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll pay for it. Um, what? How much? There it is, right there. Wrong question, right? Because now they start. Right. Oh, how can I make five grand? I wasn't concerned about only, right. I'm seeing the long the long game. Do you know how many high schools and colleges I've spoken at because of the hood ain't the same. Oh, I've made more money off of that song than you can think of. You know what I'm saying? It's paid me over and over and over again, you know? And that's, it's, it, but it's, it's seeing the long game, right? And Mm -hmm. how can we create something where everybody wins? Right. And it's not just about me. They got a song. The Space Needle got a, a song. The city got a video I got something out to deal. We all got something. My man got some money. The person, the only person who made money out the deal is the director. You know what I'm saying? He's the only, <laughs> he's the only one who got some money. You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. That's that's great. And that's that's a perfect, honestly, that's a perfect ending because that ties in so many things that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate man, I appreciate you being on here. We usually try and keep the show closer to an hour. We went an hour and a half, but I this yeah. is great. This is great information. Anything that I'd want. The public to see from this conversation, I feel like came out, uh, you know, being able to plug the music, the sound that you've been working on, there's the game on placements and songwriting. I think that's just like that's information that I think people are just hungry for even scratching the surface. And you went pretty in depth on a couple different angles of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just this, you know, again, the mindset, that's my personal. I know that's how me and you click. We can talk on the phone and talk about that stuff. That's (laughs) the stuff that I always, always want to impart on other people. I I will preach that all day without anyone asking me. Um, So I'm glad we got to cover that. Is there, you know, first I I want you to, to plug where people can find you. Um, And then also if there's any other things, last things that you want to
1: plug, man, you know, floor is yours for that. Man, the next two days, I'm going to be on Cairo hosting in the morning from 9 to noon. So y'all tapping with me tomorrow on Cairo. I'll be on the G and Ursula show hosting with my man, G Scott. Um, but beyond that, uh, I am at the Dre's Experience, the D-R-A-Z-E Experience. Go follow me. Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, um, on Twitter, I think it's just Dre's experience, but either way you can find me, um, go check out the music, my new single is called Born to Win, it's really, really dope, please go stream that, add it to your playlist, if there's something I'm more excited about than anything of that, follow me man, I got a new album dropping this summer, um, that is gonna be really, really dope, I think I'm making some of the best music I've ever made in my life, um, and I mm-hmm. like my music, so, um, I think this is really, really dope, innovative music. It's going to be Dre's. Um, we're going to be killing it. And yeah, that's it.
0: Hell yeah, bro. I appreciate you hopping on, man.
1: All day, man. Keep it popping, man. Respect my region. Let's get it. We ain't stopping.